The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of into the NetFC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And today, what a day as we had the 2022 Ballon d'Or Awards ceremony. And what a freaking day. Well, first things first, congratulations to Alexia Putellas who winning the Feminin Ballon d'Or. You know, she actually won it last year and then winning it in second consecutive time, which is absolutely incredible. As we know, Alexia was actually set to uh, participate in the Women's uh, European uh, Championship, representing Spain. Of course, she's been she's been the captain of the Women's Spanish National Team for a while. Unfortunately, a, she tore her ACL, you know, right before the tournament, and that really just... That really was quite a heartbreak, I'll be honest, and... You know, because honestly, like, not only did it force her to miss the tournament, but, you know, I think so far this season, I'm not even sure, uh, you know, what's been happening, you know. Because, you know, again, she tore her ACL on the 5th of July, and this was during training with the Spanish women's national team before the women's Euros. So, and, you know, after surgery, it was said that her recovery period was going to last, you know, anywhere between 10 and 12 freaking months. I mean, (laughs) that's a long time. I mean... That could get her to miss her the entire season. But, you know, honestly, the fact that in August she was awarded the UEFA Women's Player of the Year again for the second consecutive time. And, of course, she won the 2022 Ballon d'Or Féminin, which is the Women's Ballon d'Or for a second consecutive consecutive year. And that actually makes her the first female soccer player to win the award twice. So, so despite the injury, I'm, you know, it's good to see that, the, that all her hard work and her accomplishments... Everything she's done is just being highly respected. It's being well acknowledged. And, you know, I'm very happy for Alexia Patelas. You know, I've watched her play. I've seen highlights. You know, and you could just tell how she's so talented. She's hardworking. She's, you know, really passionate. She really is a well-respected name in women's soccer. You know, it's, you know, it's absolutely well-deserved. Although, while I am, you know, as super happy as I am 
that Alexia has won it for the second consecutive time. She deserves it, although I'll be honest, I am a little bit bummed that Sam Kerr did, did not win it. Sam Kerr actually finished third, and, you know, Sam Kerr, you know, just another female soccer player, you know, the pride of Australia, the pride of the Mattel does. You know, Sam Kerr is just another female soccer player that I strongly admire, you know, along the likes of Fran Kirby, Lucy Bronze, just to name a, name a few. So, you know, it, it's really tough because sometimes these results, you know, it's not always going to go the way for certain soccer fans. But, you know, not to take anything away from Alexia. I mean, again, she deserves it. You know, it's well-deserved. She won the second. She won it for a second time in a row. I was just really, you know, I, I'm just like a little bit bummed because, you know, it's because Sam Kerr, Sam Kerr, honestly... There's there's really nothing negative I can say about her. I mean, she's not perfect. She's not always gonna you know. She's not always gonna have you know the greatest games. But as far as Sam Kerr goes, there's just nothing I can say about her that's negative. I mean, Sam Kerr, she really is a blessing. She really is a hero, and you know she's really done a lot for the sport in terms of uh, for females, not only just for female soccer, but for women's sports, and you know Sam Kerr is, uh, you know. You can't you talk you can't talk about what it's not so much you, you can't just talk about women's soccer without mentioning Sam Kerr. Quite frankly, you can't talk about women's sports without mentioning Sam Kerr because Sam Kerr is a hero. So you know, so looking at the uh, the ranks, you know, Beth Mead, you know, England's Beth Mead who plays for Arsenal, you know, finishing second, and you know, seeing like you know all these players, all you know, all, all these players that play for Lyon, you know, finish in the top twenty in, in nominations. You know, Alex Morgan. Actually finished in 13th, and you know Trinity Rodman, who of course is Dead Rodman's uh, daughter. You know she finished 18th in in the uh, nomination. So the fact that she was nominated is actually really really cool. You know I see Millie Bright was also nominated, and uh, I really do admire Millie Bright. You know Lucy Bronze was also nominated as well. So yeah, seeing seeing several players you know, that, that play for Lyon, my home, the club of my hometown. You know several you know in the, in the Premier League. So yeah, definitely this. Uh, these nominees for the award, you know, which was announced, you know, about five back in August twelfth. So you know, it's it really is elite. So just to start off, you know, congratulations to Alexia Patelas. She won it for the second consecutive time. I hope her recovery is going well, and can't wait to can't wait to watch her play again. So so that's the Ballon d'Or féminin, the women's Ballon d'Or. So now we get to the Copa Trophy. Well. Uh, I'll be honest, this one really did kind of bum me out. So as we know, the Copa Trophy is the Association Football Award, you know, for the best players, you know, performing under the age of 21. So, you know, Spain's Gavi actually won it, and Eduardo Camavinga finishing in second. And I'm just like, that really kind of bummed me out big time. I mean, okay, perhaps I'm a little bit, I am probably a bit biased, you know, I am French-American, and Eduardo Camavinga, I've, I've been a huge fan of him for a long time. You know, I've been watching him ever since he arrived at Real Madrid. Even before, when he was playing for Rennes, I had my eyes on him. I've been following him, tracking down his career and everything. So, you know, and seeing Eduardo Camavinga win the Champions League, you know, he, he arrives at Madrid and goes on to win the Champions League. And, you know, even though a lot of people do not or simply do not or just flat out refuse to give him credit for the Champions League run, you know, he he made an impact. I don't care what anybody says. You can say that I'm just saying that because he's French and so am I because I'm a huge fan. Eduardo Camavinga played a major, major role in Real Madrid's championship triumph in the Champions League this past summer. Because I noticed in the knockout stage, when Eduardo Camavinga would enter the game, something magical would happen with Real Madrid. 
once he was substituted into the game, the comeback would start to initiate. Okay? And he, he might not have gotten the assist at the end of the day, but he helped set up a couple of scoring drives. He helped set up the pace. He helped set up the momentum in Real Madrid in the Champions League triumph. Okay? You cannot sit here and tell me that Eduardo Camavinga has not made an impact for Real Madrid. Now, I understand that this season, he's not off to the greatest start. He's been a little bit, you know, invisible. He's not really done. He hasn't really, you know, performed the best of his ability just yet. But he is getting some playing time. He's further developing. He is making progress. What I'm saying is, is that this season we might not have seen much of Kamavinga, but I don't want to. I don't want to be here and say that he has done absolutely nothing, especially this season, because that is just a flat out lie. Kamavinga is just is just basically taking it step by step. He's building. He's learning. He's improving. He's 19 years old. He's already accomplished a lot. He's got a hell of a career ahead of him, and there is absolutely no doubt in my mind he is going to accomplish a lot. He's going to win some personal titles, and I hope that one day, one day, I am super confident that Kamavinga is going to one day win the Ballon d'Or. He has tremendous, tremendous potential. Not only is he a fu- the future of Real Madrid, but quite frankly, this dude, alongside his French international compatriot, Aurelien Chouameni, not only are those guys the future of Real Madrid, but Eduardo Camavinga and Aurelien Chouameni are the future of the French national team. Let me say that one more time. Eduardo Camavinga and Aurelien Chouameni are the future of the French national team. And when Zinedine Zidane takes over as the manager of the French national team, there is no doubt in my mind that Kamavinga and Chouameni will be brought up to the national team more often and Zidane will groom those guys to be the future superstars for Equipe de France. Okay, so as far as Eduardo Kamavinga goes so far this season, while he's not really done as well as I'd hoped... I'm not giving up on him. He is not. He, there's no reason to bury him. There's no reason to criticize him. He's just been taking it slow. And I know, I know for a fact, and I'm super confident that soon we are going to start seeing some huge results. Eduardo Camavinga has a bright future ahead of him. The dude has potential. He may have come up short in the Copa Trophy, but in my book, Eduardo Camavinga is a champion. He has already won the Champions League, and I know that he's going to win several more. And I know that international duty, he's going to do a lot of great things. I know that Kamavinga is on his way to becoming one of the biggest names in soccer. And I'm very, very confident in that. But regardless, congratulations to Gavi, because Gavi is impressive as well. Here I am, I say that Kamavinga is the future of the French national team in Real Madrid. Well, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Gavi, okay... The central midfielder who plays for Barcelona and the Spanish national team. I have no doubt in my mind that he, this dude has a bright future with Barcelona as well as the Spanish national team. So it's good to see that two very bright young players are actually getting recognized. But in my case, you know, Kamavinga finishing in second, as much as bummed as I am, you know what? He finished really high, and that's what matters. He finished extremely high, and again, he did win the champ. He's already got a Champions League added to his resume. So there's really nothing you can take away from Eduardo Camavinga, okay? And of course, nothing from Gavi as well. So, anyway. So you, you, you can just tell that this is really kind of, you know, bummy. Out. You know, but again, you know, you know we, took, we take a look at the honors of Camavinga. I mean, he's already won the La Liga. He's already won the Supercopa de España. He won the Champions League. He's, he recently won the UEFA Super Cup, so... Yeah, and I don't want to. Be, and I don't want to hear people saying he he did nothing. Okay, 
Carlo Ancelotti believes so much in him that Kamavinga has been getting more and more playing time. Okay, so Carlo Ancelotti sees the potential of Kamavinga. So you know what? That's what matters. But seeing Kamavinga finish, you know, ahead of Jude Bellingham, now that's definitely a surprise. I mean, not only Bellingham, but he finished ahead of Nuno Mendes, you know, and Bukayo Saka. <laughs> now that, that really right there, that deserves recognition. So Kamavinga finishing ahead of the likes of Jude Bellingham, Nuno Mendes, and Bukayo Saka. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, you know what? You might as well go in and acknowledge Kamavinga because Kamavinga finished in a much higher position than anybody could have anticipated. But regardless, congratulations to Gavi. I mean, Gavi deserves to be acknowledged as well. And I want to take a look at Gavi's, you know, accomplishments so far. You know, he definitely, he played his inter first international goal, you know, in, in international duty was actually this year in June in a Nations League uh, match against the Czech Republic, okay? And, you know, in his, and basically, you know, that, that's his first individual honor, so... So Gavi really is, you know, basically beginning to to develop like that. You know, he this is his first major singles accomplishment. You know, he's only 18 years old. So, so for him at 18 years old to win the Copa Trophy, I mean that is huge. I mean for Spain, he finished as a runner up in the in the Nations League. But Gavi, that dude, man, and, and all these young Spanish players, you know, like that. I mean, I'm telling you, the next Spanish golden generation is slowly, slowly getting better and better and better. And I'm telling you, when the experience and everything kicks in, I mean, Spain could truly be on top of the world again. So, so as far as, so, you know, last year in La Liga, he scored two goals in 34 appearances. You know, so Gavi, too, you know, much like Kamavinga, is a young up-and-rising superstar. So, you know, we got Kamavinga as the future of France, along with Chouameni, and Gavi is the future of Spain. So, and all these young players like that, you see the potential future of their respective nations. So, that's the exciting part of the Copa, of the Copa Trophy. A lot of young talent to really be excited about. So that's the Copa Trophy. So congratulations to Gavi. And I know that I, I ranted in my defense of Camavinga too much. But hey, Eduardo Camavinga, I'm a huge fan of his. And I love the guy. I love Camavinga. Along with Chua Many. As a matter of fact, I always say, I always tell my, my, my fellow soccer fans who are pro wrestling fans, we have to come up with a tag team name for Camavinga and Chua Many because in the future, we're going to see a lot of, we're going to see a lot of teamwork between those two. They're going to be in the same midfield for Real Madrid and France. So, anyway. So, now we move on to the other trophy, to the Yashan Trophy, which, of course, is also presented to the France football to the best-performing goalkeeper. Well, Thibaut Courtois winning it. <laughs> you know, Thibaut Courtois in that Champions League final. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, I mean, I, I have no doubt on my mind. I mean, it, it's truly got to be. I mean, all, of all the other incredible performances that Thibaut Courtois has done lately... That performance in the Champions League final, you know, just denying goal after goal after goal from Liverpool. That particular performance in the Champions League really it has to be the height of recognition for Thibaut Courtois. I mean, the, you, you just can't argue it. I mean, you know, Thibaut Courtois has had other tremendous performances lately aside from the Champions League final. But that performance in the Champions League final, you know, denying Mohamed Salah several times. I mean, let's be honest. Liverpool did not win the final because they could not score. I mean, Liverpool could have easily won 4-1 to one in the Champions League final, but Courtois just denying it and denying and denying, just, just being an absolutely fearless, badass goalkeeper. I mean, that performance in the Champions League final has to be the highlight of why he has won this trophy. So anyway, the Yashan Trophy, again, and I'm sure I said it, you know, it's, it's presented to the best performing goalkeeper. I mean, he beat... Liverpool's Allison, Manchester City's Ederson, 
Edouard Mendy, man. Now, Edouard, Edouard Mendy, it's unfortunate that lately, Edouard Mendy has, uh, there's actually been a couple of issues. You know, I haven't heard, I honestly have not heard about, heard about him in a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure what's going on. You know, again, you know, lately, if anybody can kind of clear up, you know, what's going on, but... So far, you know, for Mendy, I've, I mean, I haven't been heard of him. You know, I know that, that he's been benched, you know, a couple of times. So, you know, uh, I mean, I know that, you know, Chelsea are kind of having, you know, some rough times. But, you know, th this year, you know, back in February, he did win the Africa Cup of Nations. And then, you know, and then went on to, to, went on to, uh, to win the 2021 FIFA Club World Cup. So, I mean... Yeah, but but I'm telling you, you know, and of course, uh, last year I believe uh, he actually finished second in the Yeshaw Award, and Gianluigi Donnarumma actually won it last year, I believe. You know, who of course, you know, he saved two penalties in the Euro 2020 final. So, you know, it, but Mendy, uh, Mendy, I think went on to win the FIFA Best Goalkeeper Award. So, so I'm glad that you know Edouard Mendy, you know, he he received some acknowledgement, you know, for his accomplishments too, but. You know, seeing Mendy finish in fourth, you know, I guess, you know, it, it might, you know, I, I guess because of how things have gone lately for Chelsea, but but still, in Mendy's case, we can't take anything away from Edouard Mendy, even though lately, he, he, if there's been some struggles, because again, I'll be honest, I just have not heard about him, and I've not heard from him, his name in such a long, in such a long time, at least it feels like it's been forever, so... You know, I, I, I don't see what's going on, because, you know, now, of course, you know, 18 hours ago, you know... Goal.com releasing a story saying that Mendy will be a permanent bencher at Chelsea. So, you know, if that's truly the case, I mean, that's just that that's a shame. That that, that really is a shame. So, you know, if Chelsea really at the end of the day, if Chelsea wants to keep Mendy on the bench, okay, you know what? They might as well, you know, find a way, you know, to 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 to, to send him elsewhere because, you know, Mendy keeping Mendy on the bench, and I understand that if he had been performing so well, I mean, Mendy, you know, Mendy needs to be given a, a, a chance. So, and it might even be better for Chelsea to sell him, but but right now, the, the future of Mendy, I mean, his last appearance for Chelsea actually came against, uh, was actually in September, was actually last uh, month, September 3rd, in a 2-1 win against West Ham United. So, so I, I, I really don't know, like, what what's going on. I mean... But but suggesting that he's gonna be a, a permanent bencher, I'm just like, you know, because I understand that Kepa, the guy who's taken over as goalkeeper, has been doing a good job. But you know, is it really fair to just leave Edouard Mendy out there in, in the dark cold like that and just put him on the bench? I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, Mendy made it played a huge part in Chelsea's Champions League triumph. He played a huge part in Senegal's Africa Cup of Nations triumph. You cannot just ignore everything that Edouard Mendy has done, even though he, he's struggled lately. There's no denying that Edouard Mendy is a one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So, but right now I'm still asking because you know if there was an injury that you know, I must have forgotten about, but I'm not sure. But so as far as as Mendy goes, if Chelsea can work out a, a sale or or whatever, then you know, I don't know. Although. It did say it's September. Uh, according to this, you know, he did actually pick up an injury, so maybe he has been hurt. Maybe so. I guess it, it, it is true he has been hurt, but I have was I was actually not aware of it. Although yeah, it mentions lately that he suffered a thigh injury during during an international uh, duty stint with uh, Senegal. So of course, uh, a source said like, September of twenty seventh that uh, that the injury appeared to have been boosted. So yeah. 
Oh, man. It's really, really, it really is a shame, but... So I guess Mandy really has been hurt lately, but there's been, you know, some times where he has not been able to perform so well. But, you know, again, at the end of the day, there's just no, you, you, you can't take anything away from Inouye Mendy. But him finishing fourth is, you know, definitely respectable. But, you know, I'm actually happy that Mike Magnan, the goalkeeper for AC Milan, actually finished fifth. You know, the fact that he was even he was even in the freaking uh, discussion is actually an accomplishment for him. I mean, he finished he finished higher than Manuel Neuer, who plays for Bayern Munich. But of course, you know, Manuel Neuer is really getting to the point of his career where you you kind of asking, you know, how much more does he have left? Because you know, Manuel Neuer, you know, thirty six year old uh, veteran, and you know, of course. Hugo Lloris actually finished 10th, and, you know, he got nominated for it, too. And, you know, Hugo Lloris, as far as, as, far as he, he goes, you know, I'm actually starting to be convinced that this that the World Cup next month is going to be the final for Hugo. So, I mean, I, I really don't know where he goes from there. But, you know, but seeing, um, but seeing you know, Mike Magnang, you know, be, you know, well-nominated, you know, finishing in 5th. You know, I really w was convinced that Mike Magnang is the guy to take over once Hugo Lloris lays, lays down the gloves in international duty. You know, Magnan, 27 years old, and he's been playing absolutely great with AC Milan. You know, he started out his career with Lille before he went to uh, AC Milan. You know, started out, he's actually in his second season right now with AC Milan. So, you know, of course, he's playing with Olivier Giroud, which is great. You know, he won the Serie A last season. You know, of course, he was actually on the French squad that won the 2020-2021 Nations League. You know, he also won Ligue 1. He was part of the squad, the Lille squad that won, that won the Ligue 1 in 2021. You know, of course, he's also, you know... A league on goalkeeper of the year for the 2018-19 season, and you know he was a Serie A best goalkeeper for this season too, and Serie A team of the year as well. So, so Mania is really kind of collecting these accolades, and you know, and it comes through the hard work. So, so Mike Mania, you know, making it, you know, as far you know, finishing right under you know Enoal Mendy, you know, finishing you know under several of the best goalkeepers in Europe, you know, right now. Basically, the fact that he was nominated, that basically means that we have to acknowledge Mike Magnan as one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. There's no doubt about it. So, congratulations to Thibaut Courtois. And as far as Edouard Mendy goes, I really hope that he can get opportunities to play again. You know, if Chelsea, if Chelsea can explore opportunities to sell him to another club where he can get the opportunity, then they might as well go for it. So, I just hope that the whole issue, the whole issue gets resolved soon because... I want I don't want I don't want Edouard Mendy to feel discouraged and really have to quit again. So let's let's all let, let's hope that things go well for Edouard Mendy in the future. Let's pray let's pray for the guy. Edouard Mendy has earned his respect. Okay, so we're gonna give it, we're gonna give him the respect that he has truly that he truly deserves. Anyway, so now we get to the Socrates Award. Hmm. Well, of course, you know that goes to Sadio Mane. Of course, you know we all know that Sadio Mane is. Always being recognized and acknowledged for his brilliant humanitarian work. You know, the humanitarian work that he's done in his native Senegal, you know, like, you know, donating like that. We, we all remember how, he, you know, he doesn't need a Ferrari, doesn't need the fancy cars or whatever. He really claims, you know, he really basically prefers to make a major difference. And, you know, and that's what I truly adore and admire about Sadio. I mean, his incredible talent, all of his soccer accomplishments, you know, say one thing, but... His heart and his, you know, dedications to charity work. I mean, that's just his humanitarian commitment. I mean, th that has that that can't that you can't just turn a blind eye to that. I mean, you know, you we we can talk about all the great stuff he does, you know, on the pitch, but but at the same time, if you want to talk about acknowledging and recognizing Sadio Mane for who he truly is, you you want to talk about his accomplishments 
on the pitch, but you also want to talk about the impact he's made, you know, through charity work. So, it, it, it's it's cool. And for those of you that, you know, and here's a little history lesson. The the Socrates Award is actually named after a former Brazilian footballer, who was, of course, named Socrates. And that particular uh, Brazilian football player, you know, founded uh, basically a movement, a democracy movement, which opposed the uh, military dictatorship of Brazil, which was in the 1980s. So, yeah. So, you know, as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, you know, aside from Sadio Mane, you know, I, I, you know, the fact based on what, what this award stands for, you know, I couldn't think of a better player of a better person rather than, you know, other than Sadio Mane. And of course, Sadio Mane is currently playing for Bayern Munich, you know, left Liverpool and, and you know, Liverpool lately has really, even though they're coming off a uh, win over Manchester City, I mean, Liverpool so far this season has really been quite a lot of drama, you know, obviously, you know, with Sadio Mane, you know, not being there, it, it really has really been, uh, well, speaks, it speaks for itself, so... But, you know, the Socrates Award, I mean, Sadio Mane, the perfect recipient for the award and absolutely well-deserved. So, you know, you know, be, you know, doing, you know, humanitarian values, you know, really is going to really gonna get you that high, highly recognition in soccer. So, so congratulations to Sadio Mane. And now we get to the Gerdin Mueller Trophy. If I butchered the name, I deeply apologize but the Gerd Mueller Trophy, of course, it was previously known as the Striker of the Year Award, but it was named after Mueller, who, of course, that the legendary German striker Mueller, who died in August of last year. You know, Robert Lewandowski actually claimed it, and I believe, you know, Robert Lewandowski is actually uh, won it also last year. And, of course, last year, Robert Lewandowski should have gone home with the Ballon d'Or Trophy, honestly. It was definitely his, so... So this Striker Award, you know, I, I, think, I think according to this, you know... It was actually, you know, according to this, it was actually introduced, you know, last year. But, you know, you know, Robert Lundassi claimed it last year. You know, when he scored a total of fifty nine goals, and you know, two thousand twenty two this time, you know, fifty seven goals in fifty six matches. So, <laughs> so yeah, Robert Lundassi is definitely, uh, definitely the well deserving recipient. Although it doesn't show if there's any other nominations. But if I were to give my personal nominations for this particular award, you know, previously known as Striker of the Year. The likes of Lionel Messi would have to be also be part of the mix. Neymar, Kylian Mbappe. Quite frankly, I think Olivier Giroud. Karim Benzema too, but Karim Benzema got the ultimate prize, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Although I kind of already, kind of already like that, but um, but Karim Benzema too, you know, striker of the year. But if he wants the Ballon d'Or, then you know what? Maybe give it. Maybe give the Gert, the Gerd Mueller Trophy to somebody else, right? But. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, you know, I think, you know, maybe, I mean, some would say Christian Pulisic definitely may, might be in the mix, but I'm not too sure. You know, Erling Holland definitely, Phil Foden, like that. I mean, there's also a lot of worthy names that can certainly be in the mix, but but I think, you know, Robert Lewandowski winning it, honestly, is probably uh, definitely logical. So congratulations to Robert Lewandowski. You know, so far so good with Barcelona, although, you know, Barcelona are just, you know, Suffered a bad loss to Real Madrid in the El Clasico Derby, so... Man, but anyway. So now we get to... Okay, before we get to the Ballon d'Or, I already mentioned that... We, we, well, everybody knows that Kareem Benzema won. I mean, I'm sure everybody who's listening is already already knows, but, you know, I want to talk about it. But 
But now we get to the club of the year. Now, this is definitely something that I would go to war with with my good buddy, Mr. Joe Maver. Because as y'all know, Joe is a diehard Manchester City supporter, okay? And <laughs> and I've seen some of the comments, and he says that, you know, the best, te- the best team in the world doesn't always win. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, I'll be honest. You know, even though this is probably an argument that I would have with Joe, I mean, I love I love Joe, and you know, like, like that Joe is you know one of my most loyal supporters. You know, he's the reason why this show has actually been a success, along with my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams. But I should definitely this is obviously a subject too that would a, a conversation to have with Steve. So anyway. <laughs> but anyway, but Joe's, you know, Joe actually, you know, he, he's been, you know, he's been a loyal supporter of mine for so many years, you know, he was with me when I started the show, he's been with me through it all, like that, but anyway, but Manchester City winning the Club of the Year award? Oh, give me a break. <laughs> See, like I said, this is where I would seriously, this is where the, the debate between me and Joe would certainly start at it, because... And for Real Madrid to finish third, that's where I'm like, okay, this is just a bunch of crap. This is just a bunch of bullshit. Real Madrid is the best in the world, and you know it, okay? Joe, you know it too, brother. You can say all you want that Manchester City is the best in the world, but you know deep down inside, Real Madrid is the best in the world, okay? (laughs) Now, and I'll be honest. It would certainly be a friendly argument. I mean, Joe is just such a great. Joe is just you know the. It's just a great guy. One of the absolutely best people I've you know I, I've ever known. You know like that. And I hope for one day to actually be able to travel and visit him face to face. You know I, I I know that it's gonna happen, and I'm still you know hoping to have him on the show. But it's it's unfortunate that our schedule you know badly conflicts. You know he he's you know working, and I and I think he's in grad he's in graduate school, and of course you know he's got he's a father of two. So so Joe really has a, a brutal schedule, but you know one way or the other he's gonna be on the show. It's gonna happen at the right time, and I promise it's gonna happen. But. But, but me over, you know, me and him, you know, kind of debating, you know, that, you know, I think that Real Madrid's the best in the world. But let's be honest. I mean, the bias in me, this is probably where I'll break away from the journalism objective because, look, I don't have an official favorite club. I just love the game. But as, as everybody knows, Real Madrid is still close to my heart because when I was a kid, I was a diehard Real Madrid supporter. Real Madrid still has an affection on me. They are still somehow in my heart. And you know, like, like that. So, so I still kind of, basically, kind of get angry if they don't do well. You know, whatever. I'll, I'll, it'll, it'll affect me. All right. But, <laughs> but, but, but here's basically what I find interesting. Okay. So Real Madrid, based on what they, what they won, basically, for, you know, from last season and how this, how this season has basically started. I mean. So Real Madrid wins the Champions League, and let's and let's not forget how in the semifinals of the Champions League, how Real Madrid came from out of nowhere and knocked out Manchester City, just when we all thought that Manchester City had it all sealed away, but it was not to be, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so basically, like this: so Real Madrid wins the Champions League. They win the Supercopa de España. Okay, they win the La Liga. Okay. But it doesn't it doesn't even stop there, okay? Because recently they also won the UEFA Super Cup. Okay. So let me go through it one more time. They win the UEFA Super Cup. They win La Liga. They win the Champions League. Okay? 
And they win the Supercopa de España. That's four titles. Okay. So now, let's, let's talk about Manchester City too, shall we? So, Real Madrid wins four titles, like, okay? Manchester City, they win the Premier League, okay? They get knocked out of the FA Cup in the Final Four, okay? They finish runner-up in the FA Community Shield, but we don't have to go too deep into that. And they don't, they don't win the Champions League, okay? So, basically, between Real Madrid and Manchester City, the score is 4-1, to one, and yet Real Madrid finishes in third, in third, and Liverpool even finishes higher than Real Madrid? Oh, what the heck is this? That's pathetic, okay? That is pathetic. That is a bunch of crap, and you all know it. You too, Joe. Come on. Joe, If I, since I know that you're listening to this, dude, and I know that you got a huge smile, a huge smile on your face, and you know I love you, buddy, and, you, and I know that this, you're a huge part of, this, of the success of this show, but you know, you know Real Madrid is the best in the world, buddy. <laughs> okay. This is probably where Joe and I are definitely going to agree big time, okay? The fact that Real Madrid definitely should be higher than Liverpool, but let's be honest. Liverpool should be higher than Manchester City as well because Liverpool finished in the runner, as runners-up of the Champions League, but Liverpool did, in fact, win two titles. I mean, they, fought, they won the FA Cup, and they finished the FL Cup. And I understand they finished, they, they finished under Manchester City in the Premier League. But the bottom line is, Man, Liverpool did make a bit more of an impact, winning the FA Cup, the FL Cup, and finishing as a runner-up in the Champions League. So, honestly, the way I see it, the rank is Real Madrid, Liverpool, and Manchester City, if we're going with these three clubs. Okay? Now, Manchester City is pr- probably the overwhelmingly favorite to win the Champions League this year. Okay? If they do, I will give credit for it. Now, even though I'll honestly say what took you so long, if Manchester City finally got it done after chasing the title for over half a decade, paying all these, paying for all these players, but let's be honest, a lot of other teams like Manchester United pay more money, and Manchester United doesn't do anything. I mean, let's not forget, Manchester City paid less... For Erling Holland, okay, did not pay that much, you know, compared to what Manchester United usually pays for a player each year, but that's another argument for the time. I mean, th- th- this is basically where, where Joe really has, a, where I can really bring it up and I can really bring joy to him when I mention how Manchester United pays pays more money and they don't get and they don't get anywhere. That's really what put that really. So now that Joe probably just heard that, now he's definitely got a huge smile on his face. But anyway. And I would speak to this with Steve, and you know, and and Steve has said, you know, Steve admits that while he can't, he can't stand Real Madrid. I mean, he's he's not gonna, he he's always gonna give credit to Real Madrid. I mean, you know, if we talk about a team in Madrid, I mean, I, I can honestly say, and I don't want to put, I don't want to put any 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 excuse me any words in Steve's mouth, but let's be honest. I mean, if you guys know, if you guys seen his tweets, and he said this on the show. I mean, he's not a fan of Diego Simeone with Atletico Madrid. I mean, <laughs> see, I mean, everything that Steve says, you know, about Diego Simeone's play style. I mean, yeah, let's be honest, it's it's really not quite quite the style that we all preferably enjoy seeing. But but you know, Steve, as much as he can't send Real Madrid, I mean, he's definitely to give him the credit. And he admits they are a fun squad to watch. They have a lot of brilliant talent. But yeah, so I, I think honestly. So that being said, and it's it's clearly obvious that if Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid were to meet once again in the Champions League final, 
I think we would, I mean, if, if Diego Simeone is the manager, is still manager of Atletico, I think it's clear, you know, who Steve is going to go for. I mean, part of me says he'll probably just go for Real Madrid, or part of me just says he just wants to see a good game, but, you know, based on how Steve is critical of Diego Simeone's style of play and the tactics and everything, I think it's quite clear that he's certainly not going to root for Atletico Madrid. Well, anyway, so... <laughs> So we definitely, uh, <laughs> so definitely going like that. I mean, seeing Club of the Year, Manchester City winning Club of the Year. You know what? If you believe, if you believe that they are the best of the world, then fine. But you know what? In my honest opinion, they're they're not. Real Madrid is. I mean, come on. You win the Champions League. You win the UEFA Super Cup. You win La Liga. Then you win the Super Copa de España. You win a total of four major titles. I mean, come on. Of course, you know, and, and, and like that's that that makes you the best in the world. Okay. Now, I understand Manchester City, obviously, based on how great they are in the Premier League, you know, that's what what my friend said. That right now, honestly, the only reason why Manchester City has been voted the best club in the world is based on how brilliant they've been in the the Premier League so far. You know what? I'm not going to deny it. I mean, Manchester City is absolutely dominant in in the Premier League. I mean, Erling Haaland... You know, and, and to bring up, of course, you know, me and that, that conversation I had with Joe about Erling Haaland fitting in in Pep Guardiola's uh, uh, tactic uh, formation system. I mean, you know, that, that that's basically where, you know, we're, we're certainly where, where Joe's, I mean, Joe will still vindicate me on it because, again, when I gave Joe my response, my logical and well-educated response, I mean, I, I I could feel it. Joe was just like Joe was blown away. Then again, I mean Joe knows me very well. You know I love this I love this game. I do my research and I simply tell like it is. So so Joe, as impressed as he was, he certainly wasn't surprised based on how I was able to give such a brilliant answer. But honestly, Manchester City is not the best in the world. Real Madrid is. Okay. <laughs> now now that, that that diehard fan of that I used to be when I was a kid has probably just kicked in. But no. Nah. Real Madrid is the best in the world. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. But now we finally get to the Ballon d'Or. Now, I'm, now, this is, now there's no doubt in my mind. Now, Joe and I, we're definitely not going to argue about this because, because last year when I told him that Robert Lewandowski was robbed of the Ballon d'Or, I mean, even Joe was not only like disappointed about it, but I could tell that it bothered him. It bothered him that Lewandowski did not win the title. I mean, it bothered a great amount of us. I mean, even Steve was disappointed. My dad was, I mean, my dad was actually, I'm telling you, like, when I spoke to my dad about, about that last year, my dad was actually furious because the Ballon d'Or is huge in soccer. I mean, my dad remembers when Michel Platini would win the Ballon d'Or, had won the Ballon d'Or. And, you know, and to bring it like that, like that, you know, France now, now has a total of um, seven Ballon d'Or. Five French players have won the, have won it. Okay, now to bring it up like that, I want to, if I could actually find uh, my list, you know, I swear to God, I got to keep everything organized like that. It's already bad enough. I mean, back when Zidane won it in 98, when I was five, that, you know, Zidane was already my hero. That was, you know, one of the best moments. But, you know, Raymond Coupa won it back in 1958 and Michel Platini won it three times, 83, 84, and 85. I mean, we won it three straight times. I mean... So my so basically talking to my dad. So the fact that my dad you no know, was in France in the eighties. My my dad admired Michel Platini. He felt that Michel Platini was his definitely was his favorite player. Like that. I mean, so my dad watched Michel Platini won win the Ballon d'Or three times. So the Ballon d'Or. My dad says that, but the Ballon d'Or is is actually an award that he personally strongly cares about. And seeing when the player when a player who, who shouldn't have it, you know, wins it like that. It really, it, it really irritated my dad. So when uh, when Messi won it over Lewandowski, it did not sit well with my dad. I mean, 
I'm sure that a, like a great many of us, he's sick and tired of Ronaldo and Messi kind of you know winning it like that. He wants he's ready to see other players win it like win it, which I understand. I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty much tired of seeing you know Messi and Ronaldo kind of being in the mix, but you know, based on their accomplishments, especially when they're in their prime, I mean, you can't argue it. But and speaking of Ronaldo, you know, he he finishing it finishing twentieth. In the nominations, you know, at 38 years old, I mean, I guess that's something, right? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Man, all that talking has really gone to me, but... But the Ballon d'Or, so... Uh, brought up, you know, apparently with my, my, my uh, two obsessions with, with two of my closest buddies and lo- most loyal supporters of the show, Steve Adams and Joe Maver. You know, like, and of course, you know, talking about, them, about Lewandowski being robbed last year. But this year, with Kareem Benzema winning it, that nobody can argue. Nobody can argue that nobody was more deserving than Kareem Benzema. I mean, now, Sadio Mane, definitely up in the mix, but I think what it comes down to, because Benzema won the Champions League, but it's not only it's not only that, but, you know, the fact that Kareem Benzema was the top scorer of the team, you know, scored 44 goals total, and, um... Also, you know, finishing in the, uh, I think he was also actually last year, he was also the top scorer of the Champions League. You know, he scored a total of 15 goals, if I'm correct. Yeah, 15 goals. He was, you know, the top scorer of the Champions League, the Champions League's best player. I mean, really, like I said, there's just no denying that, that, you know, he was well-deserving of the award. Okay? Whether you love Real Madrid or not, there's just simply no denying it. And seeing him at this point, you know, that he finally wins it at this point of his career, you know, Kareem Benzema, 34 years old, he'll be 35, I think, in December. I mean, Kareem Benzema, in his case, you know, even though he's still, he'll suffer injuries, but he's still, when he's healthy and on top of his game, he just scores. He's still a unique and incredible goal scorer. I mean, I guess in his case, you know, Benzema age is just merely a number. So... (laughs) You know, so seeing like you know in La Liga last year too, you know, he was also the La Liga's best player, and he was also La Liga's top scorer as well. So he's the best player for La Liga and the Champions League, as well as the top scorer for both comp- comp- competitions respectively. I mean, yeah, all those awards combined. I mean, of course, there's no doubt in anybody's mind he is the worthy recipient of the Ballon d'Or. So there's no arguing that Kareem Benzema should not have won it. Kareem Benzema was the rightful recipient of this Ballon d'Or. He deserves it, and you just cannot argue it. There's no denying that Kareem Benzema deserves to be Ballon d'Or champion. He is the 2022 Ballon d'Or award recipient, and he deserves it. So I am so happy for Benzema. I've been a huge fan of his for such a long time. I was a fan of his even before he went to Real Madrid when he was at Lyon. I mean, that's one thing that Kareem Benzema and I have in common. We are both from the same town. We're both from Lyon, and that makes me absolutely proud. Now, I did say that when Benzema was on exile from international duty, I did actually repeatedly say it had nothing to do with his race. And while I said that as long as this whole blackmail thing is going on, he should be on the team, I was saying that, but at the same time, I was still, I was still his biggest fan. And of course, once he comes back to the national team and he starts goal, score, goal scoring immediately, and then now I'm like, and now people are asking me, do you still feel the same way about when he was away from the team? Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna change my mind and say, oh no, 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 he definitely should have been on the team. Basically, I'm like, well, he was away for so long, and now, and now I, and, and, and now I'm basically reminded how much I missed him. So while I understood why he was not part of the national team, at the same time, I did in fact miss him. I just did not know it. 
So Benzema, so again, to make it clear, Benzema not being on the French national team during that time of the whole blackmail scandal, it had nothing to do with his. It had nothing to do with his race. About him, you know, being of Algerian origin. It was just because of the, of, of the seriousness of these accusations, and we didn't need that kind of drama in the locker room. But at the same time, I was still a huge fan. I was still watching a dominant Real Madrid. Him collecting Champions League titles, you know, goal scoring titles, yada yada yada. Basically, just building quite the resume full of these unlimited accolades. But at the same time, when Benzema came back to the national team and just immediately played great. It finally opened my eyes to the fact that while, of course, I did not, uh, based on how I felt about him being away, I did realize that I did, in fact, miss him playing for the French national team. So, yeah, so overwhelming. So now look, I want to take a look through the list of the nominees. I mean, look at that. Sadio Mane finishing in second. De Bruyne finishing in third. I mean, <laughs> Lewandowski finishing in fourth. I mean, you, you can definitely, okay, the first two, like, Brenz Sadio Mane being number two, okay, I think Benzema number one, number two, those you can't argue. I think after that, should De Bruyne have been third? Should Lewandowski really have been fourth like that? I think that's what you can, you can kind of argue. I mean, seeing Kylian Mbappe finish sixth, then, and I, this was all over social media. I mean, one of my other buddies who's uh, who's been on this show before, who's a strong supporter of this show, uh, Mr. Rod Angeles, I mean, he showed, but... <laughs> that BR football showed that Kylian Mbappe's reaction to finishing in six, then you can kind of tell that he was not happy about it. And I said, well, as long as Mbappe continues with that arrogant behavior and does not get it together and, you know, start playing well and start being focused and, you know, start really making changes into his behavior, then he's not going to come close. So, but honestly, I feel like, you know, maybe if he had gone to Real Madrid, he probably, he certainly probably couldn't have finished higher, but, uh, you know, but that, you know, that, that, that's, argu that's arguable, and that's, you know, besides the point, but, but, you know, the fact that Mbappe finished higher than Vinny Jr., Luka Modric, Erling Haaland, huh, I mean, so, yeah, so, so killing Mbappe should be humble, should be humble about that, should, should be happy about that, I mean, come on, I'm not gonna take this away from Mbappe, he finished higher than other certain players that certainly could have definitely been higher than him, so, 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 so my advice to Mbappe is this. Look, I know this is frustrating, and I know how bad you want to win the Ballon d'Or, but you know what? you got to do something about it. you got to do several things about it. Number one, you got to get your act together. Number two, you got to play better, especially in, in international duty. Number two, uh, number three, just keep at it, okay? Just avoid the drama. You know, bury hatchets with any problem. If you have any problem with, with teammates, talk it over, you know, bury the hatchet. Okay, get all the negative vibes out of your mind. Okay, get your act together. Okay, look, I'm still rooting for Bobby. I'm still a huge fan of Kylian Mbappe. That'll never ever change. I'll always be a fan of his, even though even if I'm not a fan of his current behavior. Okay, Kylian Mbappe. I have been a huge fan of him ever since he came on on, on the scene. I've written articles about him. I've talked about him on the show. God knows how many times. And Mbappe is a guy I will never forget about, and I and I'm going to continue to support him and root for him, even if I don't agree with his certain decisions, like staying with Paris Saint Germain. And apparently, recently, it's 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 been said that Mbappe has recently denied that he wants out of, of Paris Saint Germain. So yeah, a bunch of unwanted drama that that even affects me, you know, for this show. So, but you know, I think Vinicius Junior. You know. I honestly believe Vinny Jr. should have finished higher than Mbappe. I mean, Vinny, Vinicius Jr. scored the game-winning goal in the Champions League final. So, so I, I mean, so, so there's no doubt. But, you know, Mbappe has already won the World Cup. And, of course, Mbappe is the second-youngest player to score in a World Cup final. So, 
you know, but, but you know, it, it could all be, you know, argued. You know, seeing at 14, you know, I mean, seeing Rafael Leao, for AC Mil the, the young AC Milan Portuguese striker, will be nominated is actually well-deserved. I mean, Rafael Leao, which I, who I, by the way, I'm hoping I am actually saying it correctly, Rafael Leao definitely deserved to be nominated. Of course, the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Fabinho, Casemiro, Luis Diaz, Luis Diaz Dusan Vlahovic, you know, even Harry Kane, Bernardo Silva, Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold even got nominated. And I'm pretty sure my my buddy Joe would certainly uh would certainly uh well he would certainly question that call, no doubt about it. You know, Christopher and Cuckoo also you know getting uh, nominated. Of course, Darwin Nunez as well, Antonio Rudiger, Phil Foden, Harry Kane, Riyad Mahrez, Sun Hong Min. I mean, all these players just being mentioned right there. You know the nominations basically can certainly be argued. You can certainly argue if 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 you feel like they were in the in the right spot, but but at the end of the day, the point is you can't argue the fact that Benzema does not deserve to win the title because there's no doubt in anybody's mind, Kareem Benzema is the rightful winner of the 2022 Ballon d'Or, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is all I got to say about it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for today. But before I let you go, I'd like to remind you that Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and so much more. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just find the link in the episode description. You can get your sports merch as well as to save money by taking advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans... WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to shop with WWEShop.com, you can find the link in the episode description. You can get your pro wrestling merch. And again, you can save money by taking advantage of the best deals in the world. And also, Into the Net FC is proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now, and you can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just find the link in the episode description. You can set up your account in less than two minutes, and you can start binge-watching your favorite shows as well as soccer immediately. And finally, Into the Net FC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank y'all very, very much for joining me this evening, and I will see y'all next time. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com. For more great deals. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.